the Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. the 10 throwing end zone spectacular catch they're saying it's a catch touchdown you see most gamblers when they go to gamble they go to win oh my god that's incredible big bank small bank i like to make money all right that is the ultimate kibosh you want to bet <laughs> and we are underway What's up, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 12 betting preview where we talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs, and, of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of against-the-spread bets with the help of my co-host, Stucky, the Prime Minister of DGen Nation. What's going on, Stuck? What's going on, brother? Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there and yourself and to yours as well. Appreciate and I'm thankful for everyone that listens and hopefully we can keep this year going. Uh, it was another good week. Uh, I went six and two, but I bet the te- I bet the Texans, so <laughs> that should count as 0 and 8. So we're on to Thanksgiving week. Let's keep it moving. And happy Thanksgiving to you too. And of course, to all the listeners, uh, just want to really tell you guys that uh, we appreciate you and you guys make this show possible. So happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. We're incredibly thankful for each and every one of you and that you choose to spend uh, your time right here listening to us. So uh, let's keep it going. And we're going to break down each of the three Thanksgiving games. Uh, We can also include them in the six pack for this week. So have some fun with it. We're on the bus getting ready to broadcast the traditional Thanksgiving Day game. And John, as you think about all the people around the country sitting down to enjoy Thanksgiving with their friends and their families, we indeed have a lot to be thankful for. To me, there's nothing better. There's just certain things that go together. You know, the turkey, the family, the tradition, football, and we have it all today. The first game up on the slate is the Buffalo Bills staying in Detroit. Nine and a half point favorites on the road, total of 54 against the Lions. Uh, Buffalo started slow in that game against Cleveland. So for anyone who got an eight, either way, you pushed on that, which is kind of crazy given how it started off. But what did you think of Buffalo and what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I think, I mean, if you look historically, we, we talk about this a lot on Thursdays. For Thursday night games, our favorites have done well um and that's you know we think that the better team with short preparation is more focused and is easier to handle that and that's been the case with thanksgiving for whatever reason favorites have just dominated like the biggest square sides that any favorite doesn't matter what who favorites i have a mean. theory i have a theory yeah. on it so my theory on why favorites tend to dominate and i haven't checked it so i could be wrong but i was kind of reading about it and I think it's because Detroit always plays on Thanksgiving and Detroit is usually the underdog on Thanksgiving and Detroit has historically not had many great teams over the years. So I think, I think it just might have a lot to do with it being the same team the same teams over and over and Detroit being one of them. And you know, it's just, you know, it's usually teams are just favored against Detroit. Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, favorites of seven or more over the past 20 years on Thanksgiving are 24 and two straight up 22 mm-hmm. and four against the spread. It's pretty wild. But, yeah, I mean, I can also give you stats trends this year that would back up the lines. I mean, faves of a touchdown plus this year are 
what 33 percent against the spread underdogs of home underdogs of over a touchdown or undefeated against the spread the bills who are, who were historically i mean, should say historically but in recent seasons under allen they've been covering machines but not been the case lately they've gone four straight not covering um against the close and i think that's because there's some major issues right now i, I think what's happening with and look at allen is and his uh his injury now in a short week. So that's definitely something to monitor. It's also worth noting that they just played in Detroit. So it's a very unique situation. Now they did go home, but you know, they got some familiarity with the stadium. And I think most importantly, like if you look at historically at the bills numbers, offensive numbers under Josh Allen on the road in domes, they're insane. Like he's completing like 80% of his passes. So that bodes well for them. They're, they're more built like a, an indoor team. Although last week they went with a lot more heavier sets and they yep. were really getting their, their running game going, which was interesting. Um, but I do think that Buffalo has some issues right now. And one of them, it's, it's Allen and his arm. So I'm, I'm assuming it's a pain management thing. And he's, I'm assuming he's taking a shot. Yep. yep. And then it's not, it's taken time for it to kick in. And that's like the they, they didn't get a first down through halfway to, until halfway to the second quarter against the Browns. Their offense looked horrendous. Allen was missing throws, and then it seems like you know it kicked in or whatever happens. Maybe he changes the timing up a bat, but there's risk there, and there's also the risk that he gets hit, and it, and it you know it's ineffective. Most importantly, it's the defense. There are major injuries, major impactful injuries on the defense. You know, you have your pass rush isn't the same besides Von Miller. It's like Rousseau is hurt. Yeah, Edmonds is hurt. Ebenezer got hurt. There's just a, a lot of guys that are out in that rotation that were generating a lot of pressure up front. And then in the secondary, it's like, when is Trey White coming back? Micah Hyde's on IR. Elam is hurt. There is just injuries across the board. And you've seen that play out the last couple of weeks. I mean, the Browns last week put up Brissett through for over 300. They put up 400 yards, matched them in yards per play. They made Zach Wilson not look like an asshole for one week and lost <laughs> to him. Like, he didn't have a great day, but he, like, he did play clean. The Bills. Yeah. yeah, he played clean, didn't throw any interceptions. And then obviously we saw what Minnesota did. Uh, it was a fortunate win, but they still put up 33 points and – we're making all kinds of huge plays late. Um, so, yeah, the defense has issues right now. Now you're going up against a really good offensive line, the Lions offense that – and the Lions have won three in a row. So, I – look, the Bills just, you know, generally speaking, in the past have won by margin. They usually win by double digits when they win. But I think this number's a tad too high. You always have the frisky Lions um, backdoor potential. But um, at 10 or more, I'm probably going to be in the Lions um, – Nothing like starting off your your day at like noon with a Lions bet as you're getting ready and kind of grubbing. But I do think there's a little bit of value with when you add in what's going on with this Bills defense right now, just not healthy. And then you throw in uh, Josh Allen's elbow. And uh, I think the Lions can can compete here. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I, I know that Sharps hit the the Bills. I don't know if that's just because of the trends. Uh, or or what, or you know, just kind of get betting on them to get right after four games without covering. But I was kind of surprised because I feel like the Lions have a chance not only to cover the spread but to win this game. I mean, they're at home, like you said, they have a decent offensive line, a good offensive line, and they're getting healthier on offense. You had Chart come back last week. He didn't play a ton, but he's back. 
and you had you have Reynolds practicing, Chark practicing. Yeah, Chark had eleven snaps, and they they came out today and said you expect more next week. Yeah, um, uh, Swift is Williams full. is he even a possibility? I, I don't think this week he they opened his window. I highly doubt that would be like a wild card if they just activated him. Um, but you know the offense just beyond that. I mean, Raymond was already playing well. Justin Jackson was already playing well. So they have a lot of different guys that they can kind of sub in and out here on offense. Of course, St. Brown should have a massive game. Look at what Cooper did a few days ago to the bills. So I think the lions are a live dog here, but it looks like the sharps hammered the bills. So, and everyone's going to catch wind of these trends for the favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we could get, Probably 10 with the hook uh, leading up to kickoff. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a 10 and a half at some point uh, unless, you know, Sharps come back on it. But, you know, everything I've seen has been people kind of going toward the Bills, and I really don't get it. I mean, like you said, their defense is out of sorts, and the offense never seems to put four quality quarters together. Like, I like what they're doing with Cook. I think they're getting him more involved. They're going running a little heavier. You know, playing some December football. You don't really need that indoors, though. It would be good if the Bills' offense could actually just execute like, you know, they're they're doing they're they're known to do. But I think the Lions can hang around here, and we've seen that every time the Lions are at home, pretty much they get into these shootouts and they they hang with the other team. They, that doesn't mean they always win, but they generally cover. Philadelphia, they came back from down big and covered at right at the end. They beat Washington. They lost by three to the Seahawks in a game where both teams are in the mid forties, but uh, you know, it, they have the potential here to hang with Buffalo, uh, especially with the offense getting healthy. So yeah, I'll probably be on the, the lions as well. I'm going to bet some right now. You'll see this come through. I'm going to bet a real, a smaller bet at 10 and then okay. I'll wait to see if it goes to 10 and a half. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree with you here. Let's, uh, let's start off the day with some lines. And I do think that what the bills are doing is smart with this run game. Cause their run game has been so bad and they might need it. You're, you know, Allen's arm, Allen is dealing with some, like, so they got to find a running it running game. So they're using these different heavier sets using cook. I think it's going to pay off in the long run. Um, and then they're also, you're also able to like kind of save Allen right now. Cause he's not fully healthy, but as far as like covering a big number, in this particular game, it doesn't help them in the short term indoors. You want you want you know old Allen dropping back and throwing forty times here. This Bills offense is not as reliable, uh, and yep. ten points is a lot. So yeah, I'll be with you. But I I really do think we get the uh, I do think we get the ten and a half. Again, a happy Thanksgiving. We got a turducken, right? Yeah. This thing here is a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned turkey with stuffing. Now you're talking. All right, let's go to the second game. Man, I feel like there's something I want to do with it, but I don't know exactly what, and that's the Giants at Dallas. The Cowboys are favored by nine here, and the Giants are just in a tough spot because they suffered a mass, massive injuries in that loss to Detroit. So that you added injury to insult. Wandale Robinson, who had a 100-yard receiving game, was kind of turning into Daniel Jones's go-to guy. He's done for the year. But Dory Jackson, you know, you made him the part return. Maybe the first true misstep for Dable. You know, he's doing a lot of things smartly. But the drop-off from Adori to whatever other – to Richie James is nothing like the drop-off from Adori to other but Richie James is hurt, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he would be the replacement for Wandale Robinson. 
So you have to count on Kenny Galladay and like Isaiah Hodgins here. Yeah, it's it's tough, and, and you got Lawrence Cager at tight. I mean, the whole team is new. The whole team half like the whole offensive line. Yeah. like the Evan Neal might not play. His backup got hurt. The center got hurt. Feliciano, mm-hmm. Lemieux was in there, got benched. He got hurt. His backup was also hurt. Andrew Thomas now popped up on the injury report. Yeah, illness um, too. So like, who knows if it's a COVID thing? But it shambles the defense. The defense wasn't good anyway. Nope. And this is a team was very lucky. And the, what's really troubling, you see the state of this defense, is they got carved up by the Texans two weeks ago at yep. home. And the Texans just couldn't score in the red zone. And then we saw what the Texans did last week. They had five, five yards in the first half, which was only marginally better than the Jets' second <laughs> half of 2.84 inches per play in the second half. But, yeah. so But then the other thing is, yeah, so Jones has historically been good in this spot. It's a good buy low, sell high spot. You know, the Cowboys coming off a 35-point win. Yep. But they're just too hurt. And then, you know, the Cowboys look like they're going to start trending up. But then they have an illness and all this stuff going around with their defensive line, which is where the, they would they would just ruin this Giants offense. So if they, they have a bunch of defensive linemen out, I mean, even – I, I assume he's going to play, um, but uh, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence popped up on it today. I mean, pretty much their entire defensive line was on um, the injury report today with illness or somewhat banged up. And then Micah Parsons has like a knee or ankle, I think. And, you know, I think he's going to play, but if the Cowboys are, you know, just crushed up front, then, like, can Barkley just keep grind this game down and keep the Giants in in a classic ugly one? I don't, I don't know. know. I think I don't know. I, I see. I look at Barkley, and I think he's banged up. Uh, because remember, that that line during defense was not great, and they held him to fifteen for twenty-two, and he hasn't been the same as a receiver since that shoulder injury either he's coming off the field more for he's getting expelled by Breida more and he just doesn't seem as explosive and I remember he made a comment uh, a couple of weeks ago saying you know I got the injury but I need to be explosive to carry this team so I I don't know if this is the same Barkley I know he got the 35 carries against the Texas but he wasn't even super efficient he averaged like 4.3 yards a carry or something like that so I I don't I don't think this is the same Barkley that we saw that was kind of single-handedly keeping them afloat earlier in the year. Yeah, this team is, was already one of the luckiest teams in the NFL, won a bunch of one-possession games, got a bunch of breaks in, in numerous different categories. Now they're just a shell of themselves. And, yeah, it's not the best spot to back the Cowboys, but I'm not a fan of laying, like, you yeah. know, nine and a half at a divisional game with this low of a total, um, especially this year. Jones has just found ways in the past. I don't know how he does it here. I do have a rule of thumb that I have action in my my entire life, going back to high school. I have bet every single Thanksgiving game. Now, it might not be straight up. I might have like a for fun parlay or a teaser or a prop that I bet. Because I can't sit on the couch and not have, you know, Thanksgiving and not have still go to the game. So I I will say at the minimum, I'll be pairing like Dallas Moneyline with something. Um, like just something that I like on Sunday. Um, another like smaller favorite. I'll pair Dallas when I think Dallas wins this game. I'll have action on it that way. Or if there's a prop that you or Kerner like. So uh I'll have something on this game. Don't worry. We I, th- I think you probably will have something on every game too. I think I just thought that's just un-American not to. That's a good point about the money line 
parlay. What I would not do is money line parlay the Cowboys with the Bills because we just talked about that. That to yeah. me is not a guaranteed win. Like I would yeah. absolutely, you know, maybe the Chiefs on Sunday or something like that, you know, kind of take advantage yeah. of spots you like because I do like the spot for Dallas. And oddly enough, week 12 and, you know, every week I start the week, I just go in our bet labs data and I just look, try to see if there's anything interesting that pops out about the trends uh, for that week. It's, a lot of times it's a small sample, but in general, if you like betting favorites, week 12 is pretty much your best week. So I don't know if that's because there's, you know, holiday travel and just not a lot of time to get better. And so the, the better teams usually win or what exactly it is. But this is a week where favorites have been profitable, which is you almost never see, you know, any trends that support favorites um, because the, the book, you know, people, more people bet on favorites. So the books have to adjust those a lot, a lot quick, more quickly. So, uh, but I do like uh, I do like Dallas here. I, I just think you know Dory Jackson. I mean, you know that this is not the ideal time. You lost you lost your punt returner. You, your backup punt returner might have to play slot receiver. He's healthy, and yeah, you have to deal with this. Uh, you know, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Quarter. And then yeah, you might be down your second and third quarter, yeah. and then two your safety. or three safeties. And it was from a defense that wasn't playing well already. Second to worst in running back yard per carry, carry allowed uh, over 5.3. This dude powered breaks off 20 yard runs in his sleep. It could get ugly, but like you said, it's just after after seeing Dallas, what Dallas did to Minnesota, you know, just watching football long enough, usually you can't repeat that and do that two weeks in a row. Uh, it's, just, it's just really tough to do, especially on a short week. But uh, I would lean the uh, the Cowboys here, especially under 10. I'll tell you, Pat, this stuff is looking good and smelling good and tasting good. we got to dig in and start eating now. It is good, but you've got to hurry because it's getting close to game time. And we just like to say happy Thanksgiving to you guys back in the studio. All right, let's go to the nightcap. Patriots at Vikings off that embarrassing loss to the Dallas Cowboys. The Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites at FanDuel, the official sponsor of the Action Network podcast. The total is 42-and-a-half. Uh, some spots have this number at three, uh, but it is two and a half on FanDuel. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going to, this is like kind of a, a real, a contrarian take, but I show value in this number. And like I, I was, I did a show earlier, Middle John Middlecalf, his, his podcast. I, he was asking about this game and I was like, I like the over, but I was, descri- I was describing it right after he introduced the game. And he was like, well, the Patriots offense looks awful. It's primetime Kirk Cousins. So, but I'm, I, I actually like the over here which is going to be my favorite total. I think that this number has just come down too much for a game that's going to be indoors mm-hmm. with yep. some talent. And, like, look, if you look at what the Patriots defense has done, uh, it ha- its numbers to me are extremely inflated for a unit that's been pretty inconsistent. They're young, and they're going to have some inconsistent results. I mean, they gave up what, 33 to the Bears. Remember, they gave up 27 to the Packers. They gave up near 40 to the Ravens. But the last three weeks, they've played Zach Wilson, Sam Ellinger, and Zach Wilson. Like, it cannot get any easier than that to inflate your numbers. The game before that, they played another backup in Brissett. Then they they played the the Lions at home who didn't have Brown. They didn't have uh, Swift. They were dealing with some other injuries. It's just their results are extremely skewed you know and you look who else it's like all right we played the they played the the Steelers earlier this year 
with Trubisky. And yeah, so I just think that their defensive numbers and the perception of this defense is overinflated. It's a good defense, but it's not elite. And their numbers right now, I think, are are driving the market to a place where they shouldn't be. The Minnesota defense, meanwhile, I don't yeah. think is any good. I haven't thought is any good. And now, like, you know, I think I think New England will be able to run on them. I also think that Mac Jones will have uh, some success throwing the ball here. Like the last couple of weeks, he faced the Jets defense twice. The Jets defense is really good, which we've seen. And now you're going up against the Vikings who like are uh, Duke Shelley. It looks like it's going to start at corner. Their fourth corner at the, on the outside. Jacoby Myers. The last four games. And Jacoby Myers um, spot. Yeah. So I think that this, this total is too low for me. It's got to, I, I, I think it has to be like 44 or above. You have like Jefferson and, Cook and you deal and you, there's just a lot of talent on that Minnesota offense. I know it's primetime Kirk Cousins. I know New England's been getting some good pressure, which can rattle Cousins. Garrison is out too. That's a big one. Yeah, Garrison is out. Patriots numbers offensively and defensively are impacted a lot of times by weather, yep. um, which you won't have to deal with here. So, yeah, I think if you and if you look at any of Minnesota's games, they played some backup quarterbacks, like you know when they played. When they played Miami, which was their best defensive game of the year, I mean, they were playing their third-string quarterback, uh, which is inflating their numbers a little bit. But if you look at the rest of Minnesota's games, anyone with a pulse offensively that was starting their starting quarterback has gotten to 24-27. So I think both teams get to at least 20 here, which uh, should put it over the total. I also don't mind the the Patriots as a teaser piece. I think it'll be a competitive close game. We know that's all the Vikings do is win one possession games. Historically, by the way, for what it's worth, just because it is my you know philosophy, I'm not actually playing it because I just I not so don't think the market is fully corrected for the Vikings. But historically, if you play a team that lost by 35 the next week, you know you're you're hitting a very very good percentage uh, with that buy low sell high philosophy in the NFL. But yeah, I actually like the over. It's not a play. Uh, I thought I was going to like, but once this came down to 42, 43 is obviously a really key number, especially post moving back of the extra point. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a little more points here than people think. Yeah, I mean, you know, look no further than last week in that windy game when there was no scoring, but Mac Jones was still pretty efficient overall. What was it 23 of 27 for 246? So you looked a lot better after the bye, which I think helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you tend to see that with younger quarterbacks, especially those in a new system, which we, you know, Mac Jones pretty much is because they got Patricia in here. Yeah, I agree. I think that Belichick's going to be able to get something going here uh, with this Patriots offense indoors. So I, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. So in between, they're like just on the couch, food coma. Let's just get both teams to 20, and then we're there. Uh, as long as it doesn't end in a tie. So that wraps it up for the Thanksgiving slate. Now it is time for the main attraction. Let's jump into the Week 12 Sunday Six Pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack. All right, so you gained a point on me last week. Good week for you. Wow. <laughs> 42-31 now. Uh, so still got some work to do, but uh, in the right direction. So with the first pick of the Week 12 Sunday Six Pack presented by FanDuel, I am going with the Green Bay Packers plus seven at the Philadelphia Eagles. And... 
I'm just going to keep targeting this Eagles team. It's that time of the season when you have a certain perception, feel good story. The Eagles, oh my God, they're undefeated. They're, they're, they're legit Super Bowl contenders. Don't get me wrong, but no team is ever as good as it looks in those, you know, first six, seven weeks of the season. It's just a lot comes down to who you play and have things, how things go your way. And the Eagles have been the second luckiest team, according to our Action Network luck rankings by Sean Kerner, while the Green Bay Packers are the sixth most unluckiest team. So there's a luck gap here of t- minus 25, and it's in favor of the Packers. And uh, teams with a double-digit luck differential have covered about 58% of the time. So props to Kerner for the, the luck rankings. But you look at this Packer team, and I, you know me, I've been pretty hesitant to, to back Green Bay. I was fading them a lot earlier in the season, just kind of capitalizing on this sputtering offense. But, you know, I know Rodgers, people are going to make a big deal of the hand, but I think some things are working in their favor finally. For one, you have the receivers that he needs healthy, healthy. You have Lazard, Watson, and Cobb. I think those three guys are the guys he would prefer. I know, Do- you know, we both like Dobbs, but uh wasn't quite wasn't quite working with him and Dobbs, especially not as in the explosive way that it was working with with Watson. Watson will still drop some balls, but uh, he just kind of has a knack for getting open in you know in the end zone and just kind of. Being where Rodgers needs him to be. And I think Rodgers is really missing that. I mean, look what Devontae Adams did for Derek Carr in that Raider game. And you know, Philadelphia, they're, they're, the Green Packers are going to be able to run the ball enough here. I know Linval Joseph and Sue did help, but those guys are still coming off the street. Uh, you know, I think the Philadelphia defense is still vulnerable against the run. I think Rodgers is going to be able to, to have some success kind of picking apart these zones with his preferred receivers healthy you have the long break and Philadelphia though they started five and two against the spread as a favorite which is hard to do keep covering as a favorite week after week after week uh so they started five and two against the spread as a favorite then they're playing Houston 14 point favorite best team in the league versus the worst according to some people uh didn't cover that one next time okay minus 11 against the commanders lost outright and then the next week we had them. They were uh, minus uh, the Colts were plus six and a half against the Eagles. Philadelphia probably should have lost that game. Slept, walked through it, uh, struggled, just completely out of sorts. You know, the offense not looking as explosive without Goddard. It's just everything's a little choppier. Jalen Hurts, you know, the more he's forced to make decisions, you know, it's not always. You know, he's still generally a smart quarterback with the ball, but there's going to be, you know, just like there are with most quarterbacks, you know, some ugly moments. And I just see the luck continuing to kind of run out for the Eagles and reverse course. And, you know, you've talked about it. I know it didn't go your way on the Thursday night game. Uh, I don't know what got into Ryan Tannehill and Downing and that, that was just an odd game, but I, I do think that the Packers can get enough going for them in this one with, uh, you know, laying a touchdown here are the Eagles and we've seen this time after time again this year when you have these games with a, a middle middling or low total and an underdog of three and a half or more points, the dog is covering at a 70% clip with the, when the totals 47 or below. So, I, you know, I, I just think this is too many points for a Packers team that 
It's not great, but it's competent enough. Just like the Colts with Jeff Saturday aren't great, but they were competent enough uh, to get it to really almost walk out of there with a victory. Uh, Rodgers, you know, still not likely to turn the ball over a ton. I know he's had some some unlucky interceptions, but I think the long rest would do him good because he wasn't on the same page with with Watkins when he came back. Uh, he's still him and Watson are still developing chemistry, even though they've got a, a ton of touchdowns. But uh, I, I think Green Bay can do enough on offense and they have enough on defense to uh, continue to make it tough on Phil. And I think this is the part of the season where if Philly's going to keep winning, they're going to start winning by a lot closer margins. And it's not going to be, oh, they're ripping off, you know, three, four straight uh, big numbers as a favorite. So give me the Green Bay Packers plus seven on the road. Yes, yeah. Packers are nothing here. For me, I'll probably be on them. I show some value in this line. Uh, you've extended time off. I think that, yeah, Cobb being back without Maddox in the slot, Rodgers attacking these zones could have some success. I do think that the Eagles also miss Goddard, as you mentioned, especially like in the red zone and then yeah. on some third downs over the middle of the field. The only thing that concerns me is that, like, I did I do I – and this is something that I just have been pondering the past week – is all year Rodgers, is, you know, his receivers haven't gotten separation. His offensive line – Hasn't been giving him time. The offensive line has looked better of late. And look, they've been so unlucky all year on fourth downs, et cetera. But his wide receivers were finally getting open against the Tennessee backup corners. And he was getting time, not under pressure. And he couldn't hit an open. Like, I've never seen Rodgers th- make throws like that in my entire life. Like, I just, a guy running a post with no one near him, throw it in one, it looked like Zach Wilson. Um, so was that the hand? Was it? the start of the decline and I've just been giving him a pass because I'm like, ah, it's his receivers and it's his offensive line. And like, have I not been harsh enough on Rogers and downgraded the offense enough and just being like, ah, there it's unlucky though. The, you know, the receivers are going to figure it out. So that is You know, so we have, whether it's injury or just decline in play due to age, which is, you know, father time is undefeated. I, you know, just having done the podcast with you, I think you were a little slow adjusting Rogers down. I think he is declining. I think the injury is bothering him a little more than he's letting on. But that being said, you know, taking all that into account, I still think there's enough margin for error here with the with them healthy uh, and with what the Eagles team has been looking like ever since that hot start. I do think there's enough margin of error, as there has been in most of these games this year, when you have a, you know, a spread of you know, four, you know, more than a field goal, really. So, yeah, I don't think this is like, oh, you know, we wouldn't be getting Aaron Rodgers as a seven-point dog if everything were fine and dandy in in Green Bay. That, that You know, that just – it just wouldn't happen. But I just think the way this Eagles team is playing, you know, this pack – even on defense, you know, flip it over. What do the Packers like to do? Their fans hate them for this sometimes. You know, they like to play soft zones and just kind of sit back. And it's, it's matting at times, but that's – I don't know how you want to play against the Eagles. You know, don't let them beat you over the top. Let Jalen Hurts have to scan the field and dink and dunk and, you know, give a chance to them to get a holding penalty or two. We saw that happen against the Colts. You know, just kind of play it that way. So I, I just think there's, it, they match up well. But, you know, it was also a Thursday night. It was, it was just a, what was it, snowing or raining or something. I mean, that was not the ideal uh, conditions and you know it's still it's still going to be another night game so but it, I think the long rest I think getting more chemistry with this this group of receivers together which is an underrated facet with this because the offense has been what's holding the Packers down 
you know, Rodgers being able to practice with Lazard, Watson, Cobb on the field, you know, for a good, you know, 10 days now and coming up with a plan to beat this Eagles team that, I mean, they just had an emotion. That was an emotional win for them in Indianapolis because apparently Sirianni wanted to avenge Reich. You know, they barely won that game. Uh, you know, so I even though they're coming back home here, I could be a little bit of a letdown spot for uh, for Philly. So I think it's a good Packers spot. All right, for my first pick and the second overall of the Sunday six-pack presented by FanDuel, I am going with the Jacksonville Jaguars plus four at home against the Baltimore Ravens. This isn't rocket science here. I, the Ravens' offense is is struggling right now. They're struggling to build margin. They have all year. It's like, look, they don't have any continuity in the backfield. You, you know, you had Dobbins go out, and then you had Gus Edwards go out, and, you know, trying to make it work with Kenyon Drake. The offensive line, there's been a lot of moving pieces. Ronnie Stanley got bagged up again. We'll see if he's able to go. At least it's not season ending. Um, and then, you know, just at wide receiver, you're pretty limited, especially with Mark Andrews, who hasn't been 100%. So it's just a team that's been struggling to build margin. It's also a team that's in a stretch, a very easy stretch. They're in a nice winning streak here against some cupcake teams. They have the easiest stretch of remaining games in the NFL, for what it's worth. They have the Broncos coming home next week. So I, they're like kind of just sleepwalking a little bit. Um, and they go down to a Jacksonville team that's been competitive all year. They've only had one loss. They have seven losses. They have one, only one was by more than one possession. That was a, a, by 10 against the Chiefs in a game where they missed a couple of field goals, although they were outplayed. Um, but they're coming off of a bye here with a good coach, and I think that's important when you're going to play the Ravens. Uh, unique offense, and you, know, you get some extra time to prepare here. Uh, historically worth about a half point, I think. In, in this case, it's worth maybe between a half and a point with the bye. So I think this line should be just – right around a field goal. It's a decent spot for the Jags and their run defense has been good. And I like their run defense, yep. which is important against the Ravens right now. The Ravens don't have the type of receivers and passing attack right now. That's just going to take advantage of the primary weakness of this Jacksonville team, which is their secondary. So uh, I like the matchup, the spot and the number. Um, I think it should just be three. My guess is this, this ends up being a field goal result. Yeah, you know, you and I, we like to joke about players who never actually make it onto the field. Shaquille Leonard, I feel like Deshaun Jackson needs to be added to that list. Of, like, he wasn't even on the active roster. He got elevated for that one game, <laughs> blew out his hamstring. It's like, I've, I saw people rank him in fantasy as if he was on the active roster. I'm like, wait, they, they didn't elevate him. He's not on the roster. You got it. You know your offense is out of sorts when, when Demarcus Robinson gets a 100-yard game on volume. You know, it's one yeah. thing if Mahomes just hits him with a bomb. And, you know, but like he's out there operating as your number one receiver. I, I, I thought that game got like blacked out or can't, or there's a power outage or something because I just didn't see it on red zone, Baltimore, Carolina for pretty much three hours. You know, Baltimore is just like, it's a good way to put it. They're kind of sweet walking. Uh, I will have more on this game uh, a little later on. So uh, let's keep it moving with my second. Pick and the third overall of the week number 12 Sunday six pack. I am going with the Carolina Panthers plus two and a half at home against the Denver Broncos. And I'm not going to shy away from these two and a half. Uh, did it with the Raiders last week. And lo and behold, this Bronco team, you said it. 
every game is the exact same thing. The Broncos probably get – they might score the first touchdown of the game. It'll be their only touchdown. They'll tack on a bunch of field goals. The margin of error will get lower and lower as the game progresses. And a team that everyone thinks is just completely packed it in and has no chance, uh, like the Panthers, who, again, didn't do anything against the Ravens' defense last week. Uh, I think they hang around, and I think they win this game. I think – that's why this number is two and a half. It, it hasn't gone to three because uh, I think the Panthers are a live dog in this spot at home. You're getting Sam Darnold here, which I actually think is a positive. As you know, I I refuse to bet on Baker Mayfield with this team. He just it, it, it's just, he just mucks up the offense. I, I, I can't put it any better than that. What uh, does Sam Darnold do exactly? Well, so okay, so here's the thing with Sam Darnold. Uh, for example, let's let's go back to when he first came on the Panthers. You know, everyone's like, oh, my God, Sam Darnold is the worst quarterback. Uh, you know, the Jets. And I, I was saying that, right? But like most backup quarterbacks, you can have success for a week, few weeks, and then you get figured out. Like, you always talk about Kyle Allen, Cooper Rush is another one. Well, Sam Darnold won his first three games with the Carolina Panthers uh, against similarly, you know, inept competition in terms of not being able to score. They beat the Jets, the Saints. And the Houston Texans, by the way, this Bronco team, the reason I'm targeting them is because I don't believe that they can put together competent offense and look at them. So the Broncos have scored 16 or fewer points in all but two games this season. I went back and looked at Sam Darnold starts with the Panthers. He cleared 17 points in seven of 11. So I just don't think this offense is going to look as bad as it did under Mayfield, who he couldn't do he couldn't do anything from a clean pocket. He couldn't do anything under pressure. He looked considerably worse than PJ Walker, who is essentially the third string. So I'm of the belief that this Carolina team is more like a average to slightly below average team. I mean, they have talent on the team on both sides of the ball. You know, the offensive line is quietly pretty decent. I think they had a Baker Mayfield issue because they were just starting to show signs of life, you know, covered a few with them. Uh, they had the one really bad game against the Bengals, but uh, just starting to show signs of life. And then Mayfield comes back in and it all goes to shit. So, you know, they have no tape really on, on this offense with Darnold this year. Matt rule is gone. So you're not combining Matt rule with Darnold. Uh, I like the Panthers in this spot. I think they're able to, to put up uh, enough points. And by the way, this Bronco defense, which, you know, they hang their hat on. It's not the same defense. We talked about this with, you know, last week. It's They don't have Gregory. They don't have Chubb. Uh, they don't have Darby. They don't have Williams. They don't have Stearns. Uh, you know, there's more guys I'm missing on the second level. You know, this defense has it's has a few guys. They got Sertan, but it's not the same defense. Uh, Simmons is not playing well this year. It's not the same defense. And then on offense, the Broncos still have – Half of their offensive line on IR. Yeah, they ain't coming back. Your center, your, your left tackle, Garrett Bowles. I mean, this is, you know, everyone said, oh, Kubiak. He, he, Russ looked a little better. He's completing a higher percentage. Yeah, the Raiders are 32nd in defensive DVOA. They're dead last against the pass. And the Broncos managed to score 16 points. So I'm not sweating Carolina, you know, coming off a game where – they were held essentially with, with no scoring. 
you want to back teams in that kind of spot. So I like the unknown with Darnold. I like the fact that Rule's gone. I like that Darnold actually started out well with Carolina last year. And then once teams started to figure, you know, get some tape, more tape, that's when it went downhill. Uh, and I think this Denver team, they could hand you a cover. I mean, Russell Wilson throwing incomplete last week with uh, after the two-minute warning. Uh, by the way, Denver took a penalty on a second and 17. It would have, sack would have made it second and 17. They take the first and 20? Three yards? Are you kidding me? Like, this Denver team is inept. Hack is just grasping at straws. Russell Wilson has no awareness. I don't know what is up with Russ. Like, he literally has no awareness. I don't, I'm not worried about Donald at all. Give me the Panthers here. Plus two and a half because I think they win the game. Uh, gross. I won't bet Darnold. I actually think it's a downgrade from Baker to Darnold, but I will be teasing the Panthers as a teaser for the later segment because every Broncos game is a script. I don't know who's going to win, but someone will win by three. It'll be like 13-10 with two to go. This total's at 36 and a half. There hasn't been a total that closed below 35 in the past 10 seasons the NFL. Maybe this is the one. Uh, we will see if Denver can get a little boost from a play caller change. I don't know. Can't get They had that last week! I know. I'm just saying, like, over time. like they, they, they Against the worst defense in the league! It wasn't um, the play calling. It was it, they just play stupid. Like I, I, I know. I'm just saying. Over time, we will see. That's a one data point. Uh, it can't get. It can't be worse than Hackett calling. Hey, and what an incompetent <laughs> staff though. It's like oh, you got they had a yeah. hire guy from out of like to do the game management. They had a hire next race. Terrible guy, at it. An offensive minded coach and an offensive coordinator, but neither of them call plays. Now it's the quarterback coach that calls. Like, what plays. are you doing? Yeah. Um, so, but like, yeah, the, the Panthers are also a disaster too. So, but this is the script. The okay. script yes, pick, thank you. Okay. So I don't mind you. it, but I'm just yeah. saying, I, it's, <laughs> I'm just going to tease it. That's fair. All right. For my second pick and the fourth overall of the Sunday six pack, I'm going with the New York football jets minus four and a half at home against Chicago bears. We're recording this early in the week. Here's my premise. I'm assuming that you can't let Zach Wilson go on the field again. And if they do, I'm assuming he will have the quickest leash of all time. So he, he's, he's either going to be like, all right, semi-efficient because he's playing against one of the worst pass defenses and defenses overall in the NFL. But I assume he's getting benched. And you're going to go Flacco here or White. I don't care who it is. It's going to be better than Zach Wilson. Mainly, not only for the upgrade and the guy who can at least just complete passes in the flat, but also just for the locker room. Not not only did they average two and a half inches per play in the second half, two total yards, he didn't take accountability for it, and he was arrogant about it. And it was the easiest question to answer. Did you let your defense down? You say, of course, yeah. Well, offense has got to be better. Easy, easy. He said no. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that is – you're a rookie making all this money, and you're shitting the bed for a defense that's balling out every week, and that's your response? I, and, like, you have guys like – there's mumblings out there, Garrett Wilson, like this can't happen. And some of the throws he missed, but just for the locker room alone. So I think they make the change. If they don't, I promise you the New York crowd will make them make the change if they weren't planning on it right away. But I think he has a short leash. I also, so I think that this line's going to go up. I think if they make the change, I also think that the Bears aren't going to play Justin Fields. Rumblings out there that it could be season ending, but this has been a dream. If you're a Bears fan, this has been a dream past month. Like, you had a good, you know, losing Rock Hudson Smith Herp, you got some more draft capital. You're losing close games, but seeing that Fields, all the improvement with Fields, like you don't want to win these games. Like you're not doing anything this year. So they've already seen what they needed to see uh, from Fields. And he also is hurt. Um, he's bagged up. He's been t- getting hit all over the place. 
but now just it's just get your best draft pick possible. You've already seen that Fields can be your your franchise quarterback. Now you got to build the rest of your roster up. And with this roster right now without Fields is um, especially because you're going to have a quarterback in there that doesn't have mobility like Fields behind a really bad offensive line against a defense that can get pressure without blitzing and can lock up any one of the Bears receivers on the outside. I don't know how the Bears score. Like, I just need Flacco or White. I don't care who it is to come in, complete like eight passes to the flats, run it a little bit, uh, go up, get, get to six, get to 14 points um, against this bad Bears D should be enough. This is a little speculative bet on my part, but I think the fields will be out. And I think that I'm either going to get good Zach, like not good, but just like competent Zach Wilson, like in the Bills game where he just completes like little passes, or I'll not get him at all, or I'll get him pulled if he's not good. So like if he starts, I think that he's either going to be okay enough, or as soon as he does something, one thing bad, he's done. Uh, Short leash. Uh, But my personal opinion, I would not start him just for the locker room, for his arrogance, which just speaks volumes about his leadership ability and maybe some of the reasons why he isn't improving. The biggest thing is I don't think Fields goes, and I think that the Jets' defense can just completely shut down Trevor Simeon, and I I don't know what the Bears will do on offense. This has the potential to be the all-time greatest moment of this podcast because you just made fun of me for taking points, betting against the other shitty Wilson who can't do anything right to potentially lay points on Zach Wilson. Potentially. You know, it's not the question. So this, whoo, I mean, if they actually star him, yeah, it's going to be funny. But I, I do think, I don't think they would go back to Flacco. I think it would have to be Mike White, right? Because I don't you know, care who it is. It could be yeah, you. You know, me and Sean were talking about this. It's like, you know, because we were talking about Tyler Conklin and now he's pretty much only had good games with Flacco. And it's like, yeah, but you kind of said Zach Wilson's our quarterback for better or worse. We got to let grow with the guy. So, you know, maybe now that you, you Think you're in a playoff race you change things but I, I still don't see how you go back to flacco because he didn't you know he wasn't good either so i, I think it's either mike white or nothing but i would i still but think flacco was, a- it was way better over flacco still has more touchdown passes than <laughs> than uh zach wilson still somehow I, uh, okay what was zach wilson's you know main error here it was that he did not he failed to take accountability so i did have the thought that they could just be kind of letting him roast to the media you know not naming him the starter uh making everyone think he's gonna get benched as a teachable moment in itself like all right you don't want to take accountability well now we're gonna let's see how it feels when we put you out to dry you know um so that i i do worry that they're doing that and that he is gonna he is gonna actually start the game but you know it's just we're all speculating speculating. he's he's getting pulled right away he can't see wide open receivers streaking down for a touchdown if that happens again early, and number one, as an organization, how do you not pull them? You're in the playoff race. Number two, you're going to cause a riot in your stadium if you keep this kid out here. So anyway, where are you going next? I mean, we just this is like already one of my favorite moments of this whole pod. Like just just the next fact that you might just, because, just the fact that you might have unwittingly laid points on 60 minutes of Zach Wilson after all the shit that you talked about this dude. Has to be one baby. of the funniest. This could this could be the start of your like a true nemesis like that like that stretch where you kept betting against backup quarterbacks. This has that kind of explosive potential, man. So stay tuned, everybody. Leave us a review. Tell us which Wilson bet is worse out of these two because this is this is just hilarious. Like mid season form for the Action Network podcast. All right, uh, I got one more pick. Yeah, 
my for my third and final pick in the fifth overall for the week 12 Sunday six pack presented by FanDuel. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns plus three and a half at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is a, a, a I like this spot for Cleveland here because I just don't think anyone thinks they're going to show up in this spot. And I think they will because I think it's just getting embarrassing with the, what's going on on defense. But let's look at what's really Cleveland's biggest issue, you know, interior, uh, you know, run defense. Yeah, tackles get shoved around every Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They get moved. Well, against the Bucks, you know, like their run game is not, if, the, you know, it's not, it's not scaring anybody. This Bucks offense, bottom three in the league, uh, running the football. And everyone says, oh, you know, Rashad White, he is going to, you know, spearhead this run game. Like, this is not Brees Hall we're talking about. If you look at the advanced metrics, White versus Fournette, they're pretty much the same. You know, yards after contact, all that stuff. This there, There's not a massive difference between the two. It's just, it's simply the Bucks offense, the offensive line, the interior of the offensive line. Uh, it's just not great. And, you know, we've seen, what, 11 weeks into the season now? This is who the Bucks are. They're just a team. They're not really going to separate from anybody. Even when it looked like they had control against the game against, against the Seahawks, I mean, they almost let them back in. Uh, so, you know, this Browns team now at home, underdog game where you could, you should see wind gusts regardless up to 25 miles per hour, but uh, you could also see some rain. Uh, I think the team with the better run game here, the Browns, uh, has a little bit of an advantage. And you talked about it. We've seen it. This Browns team never really out of a cover because they can put up points running or throwing the ball. Like it used to be that you had to be really careful with the Browns because, uh, you know, if, if, if they got behind, they just couldn't do anything. Well, this offense with Cooper and people's Jones, you got Njoku healthy. Brissett just seems to, you know, slip and slide his way out of pressure and, 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 you know, out of the pocket. He doesn't make a, Hunter, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton either. So backdoor, if they need it, is a possibility. But uh, you know, I just think that you know this team, the defense is pissed. You know, Miles Garrett's calling out his teammates. Uh, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna go really hard in this game uh, because you know what is it? The last game before Watson too. You know, I think they're gonna go really hard. I think they, I think it's been an embarrassment for them. So I think you're gonna get a great effort out of them. I think, you know, the leaders are going to kind of hold guys accountable. And I think you're going to see this Bucks team. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of that spot against Carolina where it's like, oh, you know, new coach, team can't do anything. And, and the Bucks, you know, they just come out flat, a couple of drops, and there's just no margin for error. I just feel like it's the same thing with the Browns. You know, you don't – you don't, even though you're coming off a bye and you're a little bit healthier, you still don't have a massive margin for error here. Uh, if you're the Bucks, like you used to, you know, it's just, you know, Nick Chubb can just score a couple of touchdowns on you that, and that might be enough with, you know, the way Amari Cooper's playing uh, and you're going to get some points on the Browns defense, but are you going to be able to put up, you know, 30, like the bills or, or a team that, you know, the dolphins is able to do. I don't think the Bucks team, this Bucks team can do that because they haven't done it to, to this point. So uh, give me the Browns as a home dog in a spot where everybody uh, is counting them out. Uh, by the way, the Browns are 
And they've had their issues, but they are the fourth unluckiest team uh, in a league. So also got that going for them. And as I mentioned, underdogs by more than a field goal with a total of 47 or less are 48 and 22, 69% against the spread this season. And underdogs that the public is not on, because the public's been on a lot more underdogs this year. I guess they're catching on and uh, hasn't been doing too bad, but uh, underdogs that are not the public side. So getting a 50% or less of the bets, uh, 45 and 19 and one, 70% against the spread. And uh, the public is on the bucks here. So loving me some Browns plus three and a half. Yeah, I, I get the spot. I am actually, I normally would never say this, but I am worried about, this is usually an overrated narrative aspect. They're just, they're professional athletes, but I am worried about their locker room. Like everything that I've been reading, I know some people close to the team. I mean, you have, you you already mentioned Garrett on the team. That doesn't mean much, but like guys coming out and saying, we don't like, we, no one knows where they're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. I think so that. They're in zone and man at the same time. They're not like the so the, Joe Woods has to go. I think like a, this is it's a bad situation with the defense and I, it's like turning toxic. And last week, like yeah, you said you know they covered against the Bills. The Bills, you know they they were stuck in in their house from Wednesday to Saturday. They didn't practice, and then they fly to Detroit. And Allen obviously his arm is like just fuck to start the game they don't get a first down until like midway through the second quarter then still just (laughs) didn't matter um and again the browns needed to win um just some of the defensive lapses and like letting the bills run all over you is bad i mean like no bills haven't been running on anybody any everyone is like setting records against the browns they're the worst run and since epa has been recorded they're the worst rush epa the season end today in NFL history. Yeah, that's perfect um, against the Bucks, though. Like that's out of all but, teams. But it does it does it matter? <laughs> like can the Bucks even do it? So that's that's the question in in the weather. And the Bucks do have a good run defense, and um it's not as elite, which helps a little bit here as it's been. But does the I, I believe the Brown center is out, right? Which like the really, third center. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which like bit them last week because they were trying to run quarterback sneaks back to back behind their backup center who was getting blown up. That could be an issue here. Against the Bucs. So, yeah, I get the spot. I think that there is a little bit of value, but the the defense is there's something going on there. Like, and usually you don't see this many comments from different people. So we'll see. But I, I definitely don't hate uh, hate the play. All right. For my third pick and the sixth overall of the Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals minus two and a half against my Tennessee Titans. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's pickings are slim. This it's probably one of the toughest weeks I've seen. This is the only other game I played. You mentioned Green Bay. I'll probably end up playing them. You know, San Fran. I couldn't see a teaser piece. We'll get to some of these games, but Chargers got away from me. This is really the only game I've left. So that I played, and I, I do have to give credit to Tennessee last week for the win because it was the first time that I faded them this year that I actually upgraded them after the game. So you know, I'll. I'll get all the shit from Tennessee fans this this week. They did ruin my streak, my Packers streak. I was 9-0 against the spread of the Packers. You know, every time that the, the games I go back, like I, I set numbers and there's matchups and I adjust my numbers. Like I faded them against the Giants. The Giants went outright. Like you got to look at some of these games. 
they here are their wins. First of all, they're seven and three. They beat the Colts twice, the Raiders, the Texans, the Packers, and the Broncos, and and Washington with Carson Wentz. Yeah, and by the way, they gave up four hundred yards to Wentz, and he just threw a pick at the goal line in the final minute. Otherwise, they would have won. The teams they beat are twenty one forty and two, and they are being out. They were outgained by two hundred and thirty eight total yards by the Colts in two meetings. Yeah, they do all the little things right, but the, there's there's also things that happen that have nothing to do with Vrabel, and they're just lucky. The Colts, Matt Ryan gets gripped down by a face mask. They don't call it on a sack, and then the next play is a pick six. Derrick Henry gets tackled on a third and long loss by his chest, and they call it a personal foul. Massive swings of that game. The Raiders went two of six in the red zone. It's like these are games where I look at them like, yeah, I mean, the Washington outplayed Tennessee. Last week they outplayed the Broncos. They outplayed the the Broncos. Pack. Two defenders run into each other. They outplayed the Packers last week, and I upgraded yeah. them. They have, and they have uh, sort of like a, a service academy type of feel where they're like, you know, your, their success rates are probably going to be lower than you expect a good team, and they're going to be a little better in the red zone. They're going to be a little better on fourth and ones because you have Derrick Henry than maybe an average team. And if you look back over the past few years under Vrabel, they've always been really good in the red zone. But this team isn't as good offensively. Like this team compared to last year, is significantly worse offensively. La- last year in the playoffs, who almost beat this Bengals team, where did they get all the yards? It was it- A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I believe, who combined for like over 200 yards receiving. It is now like Nick Westbrook, Akina, and Traylon Burks. It is a significant downgrade. The offensive line. Robert Woods is there, have, too. Robert Woods is there, too. Robert Woods. You might have. You might not have your starting center. You already don't have your starting left tackle. It's This offense is significantly worse that it was last year. The defense is also significantly worse. You have backups in the secondary. You've already lost Harold Landry, your best passer. Now you're going to be without Danico Autry. He's top 10 in the NFL in pressures and in sacks. He's probably been their MVP, if you don't want to include Jeffrey Simmons, who's just a monster. But Autry's a massive loss after you already don't have Landry. And like I just said, they have they have not beat a team that sniffed winning record, If you you know if you include Wentz. Like they beat the Raider and they've been about played in these games. They're finally going up against a competent team with a competent offense that can pick apart this really, really vulnerable secondary. Joe Mixon might not play great. I don't want the Bengals sitting here handing it off to Joe Mixon on early downs. Uh, this Bengals team really looked focused last week. I loved what I saw out of them uh, after the bye because guess what? Bengals lose this game. I got a prediction. They're going to miss the playoffs with their schedule coming up. They're, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, they got the uh, – their schedule is the hardest in the NFL. I think you saw that focus coming out of the bye. And, look, I got to give a lot of credit to Vrabel. I think he should be coach of the year. But this Titans team has been extremely fortunate, and they beat nothing but bad teams to get to seven wins. Uh, I'll take the Bengals at home. I don't love it as much as I loved some of the other bets against the Titans. And I did upgrade them last week. But at under a field goal here, it's an ugly card. I did play the small – so I'm going to roll with the Bengals here, laying the short road price. I mean, Chase might play, which would obviously only help, but I'm not banking on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he could because they did wave Mike Thomas. I mean, they also called up Trent Irwin, but, you know, waving Mike Thomas was interesting. That makes me think you know, maybe Chase is going to play uh, this week. But, you know, every week I feel like betting against the Titans – People try to come up with all these reasons why the Titans aren't as good as they've been. And it's like, we're going on, what, three, four years now, this team overachieving. Uh, this is just what they do. They're go- they're going to be more efficient. They're, an out- they're a red zone outlier. They essentially sustain outlying success in the red zone. Um, and another thing about this team, 
And, you know, it, it really struck me when I, I had that under, I think it was like 36 or something, 36 and a half a few weeks ago. And like half of the defense was out. And I was like, oh man, should I buy out of this? I don't know. Like I didn't expect everyone to be out, but this team is so deep that I, I don't, I don't think it, it's even about, you know, you could, they have a lot of studs and it's like one, like a few of them could be out. And I still don't think it's a big deal. I just think this Bengals team, like unlike the Bucks, for example, I think this Bengals team just has a margin for error. This Bengals team, you know, Joe Burrow can throw uh, an interception right to the defensive lineman uh, or take a bad sack or, you know, whatever. They could just come right down the field in the next possession and, you know, three plays, boom, 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 touchdown. This Bengal team can beat good defenses. I think that's what you hang your hat on in this, in, in this bet. Like, I think the Titans, I don't think it's about trashing the Titans. I just think the Bengals are one of those teams they could lose to anybody because sometimes it just gets ugly with the with the pressure and you know whatever not, but they can also beat anybody as they showed on the on the way to Super Bowl last year. So okay, like but- they've played not a single competent quarterback with a single competent passing attack the entire season that they've come out on top. But they've also they-, they also covered against the Chiefs. They covered against the they were underdog in that game against the Pack. Like you know they can only do what their schedule allows them to do. Like it's so like there's some things that are happening for the Titans that have just been extremely fortunate. And I think that this is the week that they get picked off. There are teams that just are lucky, but uh, I would not lay three here. I would not lay three and a half. Uh, two and a half would be my max. That's it. Um, so I look forward to to battling with with Titans fans this weekend. Like this Titan team, to me, if they if they can just keep that O line in a decent place come playoff time, I think this might be the most dangerous Titans team because. I don't think they have a lot of weaknesses outside of, you know, their O-line getting hurt. So let's wrap up the six-pack. We got Trevor Lawrence, potentially Zach Wilson, maybe some Mike White, maybe some Joe Flacco, uh, some Joe Burrow, some Rodgers, some Brissett, and some Sam Darnold. So good. A little little smorgasbord. Yeah, yeah. So Stuck is on Jacks. The Jaguars plus four. The Jets minus four and a half. And the Bengals. Minus two and a half. I'm on the pack plus seven. The Browns plus three and a half. And the Panthers plus two and a half. Now it is time for the week 12 coaches pep talk. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. I'm sick of watching you guys play. This week's furious coaches pep talk comes to us from the 1976 film network. And we're dedicating it to gotta go with Hackett here. I mean, they're hiring all these guys to do jobs that they're not doing well. And then the, his specialty is offense, and yet he seems like a net negative to the offense. So uh, you gotta get it together, man. Hack. I mean, honorable mention to Cliff. And you know, now they're talking about they prefer McCoy to Murray. There's a lot going on with Cliff too, but uh, Hackett still takes the cake somehow each and every week. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know things are bad, worse than bad. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, and all we say is, just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I am as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. All right, 
Let's go to our favorite total of the week. All right. Uh, so technically, you're up first, but you kind of already made your point. Yeah, I, I already gave yeah. mine. But, uh, I think this total's just come down too much. Indoor game. Patriots defense a little overrated in the market right now for facing Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, and Sam Ellinger in back-to-back-to-back weeks. Uh, also a couple other backups this year. Indoors, enough weapons here um, for Minnesota to have success. And I think that New England can have success against a uh, a poor Minnesota defense. I think they'll be able to run on them. There's three, you know, they have a Duke Shelley's potentially starting a corner. They're going to be able to throw a little bit on them. Mac Jones, who, you know, looked pretty good last week, given the conditions and the defense that he faced. And I, I that was one of the reasons why I bet the Patriots. Um was and I didn't get the enjoy have the joy of the punt return like all my friends I was with because I had money line I money line with the Ravens so like but covering minus three like that must have been so thrilling um on a walk basically a walk off punt return but I think that like he he was just rusty he was out with an injury and he, I think he needed some time and some reps so I think he'll look even better this week against a bad Minnesota defense so give me the over there where you going uh you already talked about it so you did a lot of the legwork for me in terms of having to explain it, but I am going with the Ravens-Jaguars under 43-and-a-half. I don't think this Ravens offense, uh, even though they have maybe the most explosive player in the game, I don't think the offense itself is particularly explosive uh, at this juncture. Uh, I think it's everything's going to be a struggle for them. And on the other side, uh, you know, we talked about it when they started upgrading the linebacking core and – uh, you know, they got Roquan and uh, who who came back? Bowser came back. And, you know, it just it's just a whole new feel to this defense with that second level uh, fortified and, you know, get got, get more guys on the edge. And I, I just think it makes it really tough for for the Jaguars as well. And I think that you know, it's just going to be kind of a slog of a game, some heat, some humidity. And Trevor Lawrence home starts since he was drafted. He's now played 14 games. In Jacksonville, the under 12 and 2, 86%, covering by an average of 7.8 points per game, including a perfect 5 and 0 this season. They don't put up a ton of points. If they're if they're gonna win, they're gonna win ugly at home. So you don't need a lot of points necessarily to beat this Jag team even at home. And I expect the Ravens to, you know, just do what they do, get back to running the ball, you know, convert long drives, uh, convert on third and short. And uh, get out of Jacksonville to win. So give me under 43 and a half Baltimore, Jacksonville. Yeah, Ravens being like even extra vanilla lately. I think that they know that like they're just they know they're going to get to the playoffs and they know that they're going to have to like scheme really well on offense. And I think that they're just holding a lot back against these inferior teams. Not that their offense would be just some juggernaut, but I I have seen that in recent weeks. Defense is going to be really good down the stretch. I think the Ravens probably be a really good under under team the rest of the way. Uh, all right, so New England, Minnesota over 42 and a half for Stuggy, Baltimore, Jacksonville under 43 and a half for me. Now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to. Who do you got, Stucky? Yeah, I'll keep it easy. Uh, simple. You want to tease through three and seven when possible. Lower the total of better. So Panthers, Patriots, going from two and a half to eight and a half on both. Already talked about them earlier. 
I'll go with the Patriots and pair them with the Tennessee Titans. I think I, I just think this Titans team is going to hang around. Uh, even if the Bengals are able to to win the game, I, I don't think the Titans will be will get blown out. Yeah, actually, right. like I, I would lean that under too. It's just a little too low for me. But I think that Tennessee will have a good game plan. Mainly, like they know that they're limited with their pass rush, so they're going to say Burrow. Like we're going to drop our safeties. They're going to make yep. since he just drive it down methodically. And uh, I think since he's defense will show up here, and um, you might have some conditions, so that would make the teaser even more valuable. I do think it'll be a close game. So Tennessee uh, plus two to plus uh, plus two and a half to plus eight and a half for me with the Patriots. Uh, they're at two and a half at FanDuel. I think they can stick with this Viking team, which you know even if they win, it's always by one possession. And then you are going with the. Panthers uh, from two and a half to eight and a half. And Patriots. Pa- yeah, paired with Patriots as well. All right. Now it is time for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders here. No, Nothing mind-blowing. I think that the... Seahawks are still a little bit overvalued in the market, so I see some value in this number. That's about it. We don't need to go deep into this game. I think this should be like two and a half, three. Yeah, I, I think that there's a little bit of value in the number, so let's let's roll with the Raiders money line. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that spread, but I just I don't think I want to test fate with this Raider team two weeks in a row. I mean, that was that was a talk about a thrilling cover with the Devontae walk off, but. Their margin's not big the way it is, and Carr's kind of hinting that, you know, he's kind of got to follow the reads for Joshua Daniels, which you can see because sometimes he just makes great plays, but sometimes he makes just inexplicable ones. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, it's better to play them. It probably is ideal to just play them as a as a dog, get the extra juice there. Uh, yeah, remember, this is the team. I mean, they left there. They have a ton of one-possession losses. And, yep. and I also think that there's – I'll just throw this one thing out there, that they – I think that their metrics – they have flaws, especially on defense. And with this offense, I don't think it's a great fit. Remember, this is a team that led by 17 three times. They lost by one at Kansas City. Um, but I think they had a flu game where they had a huge flu out. Yeah, late Saints in the week game. Against yep. New Orleans. And then that has blown up. They lost. They got shut out and didn't even get crossed to 50 until the end. So that's like weighing down some of their numbers a little bit. Um, I've basically removed that game. Um, but and, and anyway, I think they'll have a shot here. Yeah, Definitely. I will go with the Atlanta Falcons plus 166 at the Washington Commanders. And your commanders. I know, right? It's just, I I, listen, I love Heineke and I think he upgrade over Wentz, especially from a betting perspective. But now you're talking about Washington as more than a field goal favorite. And this whole, the whole NFC is just middling, right? Like the Falcons. They're not terrible. I mean, they're still in the division race, technically. Now, I know about their right, moving the ball yeah, the to, against Washington. Yeah, so I was going to say, you know, this Washington run defense has been good, but I like I, I don't think the Washington offense is that great either. You know, I, I just every t- every game I see with the Falcons, you know, I, you come in and on paper there's some type of mismatch. Because remember, we thought the Falcons might be one of the worst teams in the entire league. I mean, we did think they would be feisty, but. You know, just roster wise, I mean, they they kind of down there, and so every game you can kind of point out to things. Oh, you know, they they like to run, and this team has a good run defense. But 
they just kind of find a way to hang around, hang in these games. And I don't see, you know, Washington, they had their upset win against Philly. They had their blowout, uh, their blowout win, get right. You know, everything goes right against Texans. Heineke, you know, they're feeling great. Heineke gets named the starter. I think a letdown spot is coming. So when we're talking about a money line dog, uh, I, yeah, I just I think that, yeah, I just think the line should have been probably minus two and a half. And, you know, now because, I think maybe because of that, you know, okay, Washington has a good run defense and that's what the Falcons like to do. But remember, at the end of the day, you know, we are always looking for edges, especially the totals with, with that kind of stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, run the run game in general, in terms of the point differential, is not going to be a massive it's not going to have as massive an effect. So it's, you still got, you know, sometimes Marcus Mariota makes plays. Sometimes he doesn't, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes they have great schemes. Sometimes they don't. So yeah, bet on them as a money line dog and see what happens. They're plus 166. So if you parlay the Raiders at plus 162 against the Seahawks and the Falcons at plus 166 against the Bears, you get a 6X payout. So with 100, you get back just about 700. So uh, hopefully we can get back on, get back to winning some of these. Uh, still have a pretty good, good hit rate uh, on the year. But now it is time for the best of the rest, which are the games we haven't covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. First up, we got the Rams going to Kansas City. 14 and a half point underdogs. The total is 44. So do you have a massive spread with a low total? Any interest here in the Rams? Yeah, it's Rams or nothing. I mean, the Rams are awful, but this is probably the bottom of the market and try to catch the falling knife. I mean, Stafford's been a disaster. Like he's been a bottom five quarterback. How much can the drop off can it really be? Well, I don't, but I don't know the quarterback's going to be. But if you go Bryce Perkins, at least he can run around like behind that bad offensive line and get you some first downs running the ball. And like it's just hard to cover fourteen and a half in today's NFL with a total this low. And the Chiefs historically have not done great in the spot with Mahomes. Again, last week favored of over field goal, but this is a you know over touchdown. He's been even worse. This is over two touchdowns. They just beat the Chargers to so essentially lock up the division. They have that revenge game against Cincy. So maybe it's a little lack of focus, but more importantly, it's probably just like, hey, we're probably not going to show much here. Let's just get the fuck out of here with a win. Um, so I make it like 12 and a half. I got to figure out who's playing quarterback. If they get any off, like who's back, there's injuries. As of now, it's only Tuesday. Lean to Rams. Yeah, I mean, but historic- only over two touchdowns. Only over two touchdowns. Yeah, the fourteen and a half. Yeah, like, I mean, historically, yeah. uh, these are the kind of you know spots where you want to back these huge favorites in in a low total. I mean, it seems like every game is a low total game, but it should kind of raise your eyebrows when the Chiefs uh, are a uh, you know in, in this total in this kind of total. And maybe I, I think we talked about this before, but don't these games tend to go under two? Like when the Chiefs are big favorites, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's another just angle. Said, hey, we're not going to show much. We get the lead, and then we just kind of bleed it out. That's kind of the the Andy Reid mo. Yeah, Rams um, number one in explosive play, least explosive plays allowed on on against both the run in the past too. So yeah, they'll they'll make them work for it. They also are not fully healthy. The Chiefs aren't fully healthy at receiver. 
um, Tony, which was pretty funny. Oh my you know, goodness. Hard, he's another one. Yeah. He's another he's, one of those guys added to he's the doing uh, a joke about his hamstring one week. And then the next week he's <laughs> hurts it again. Uh, you know, Juju uh, is questionable and, you know, I'm sure they're not going to push a lot of these guys and it's a big game. Like they're, they're, they're waiting to unleash uh, some hell on the Bengals next week for all the shit the Bengals talk. So Andy Reid's going to keep a few plays in his pocket this week. So it's, Rams are nothing, but obviously there's a lot of uncertainty with the quarterback. Maybe we get some Kyron Williams overs for the Rams with uh, yeah, Henderson Kyron being released. He actually looks looks some looks, looks like he's going to bring a little more juice to that running attack. Yeah, I mean if they if I, I, books are going to probably struggle to to price his prop, maybe they don't post it, but usually, especially in a Chiefs game, they try to post everybody. So uh, look out for that. Follow follow us in the app, but could be some action, could be some opportunities there. The next game is. The Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins. Miami favored by 13, the total 46 and a half. I'm not going to lie. You know I don't really mess with favorites, especially humongous ones, but I'm tempted to, to take Miami. I feel like they've – their offense is just – it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be beastly, and they really have only blown out – was it just Cleveland? They haven't blown out teams, but I think – I think that's coming. I think they're going to start blowing out some teams, and this Texas team feels like it could be, but that, at the same time, that they might have had their like bad week against the Commanders, and now they you get more effort from them. So I don't know. What do you think about this? I bad myself. It's Kyle Allen, a quarterback. It looks might be or Davis Mills. Uh, I've silenced myself for one week after last week's <laughs> performance. So uh, yeah, the Dolphins are getting a little overrated. I keep hearing like two is the best quarterback. I keep two is like the best quarterback. Like, Two is playing really well. He has uh, a really good, well-designed offense, and he has amazing receivers. And uh, the Dolphins, like, I, they're they're going to get override. I'm not sure I want to. If this gets us two touchdowns, I might look at Houston. Um, but, I mean, the Dolphins have beat the Browns, the Bears, the Lions, and the Steelers. Um, that's their last four wins since Tua came back. Like, the Steelers without Watt. Lions, Bears, and Browns. Those are maybe three. Yeah, but this team is, is worse than this all of those teams. One. I know. Oh, I know. This is I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. uh, this isn't the time, but I'm saying like the Dolphins offense and the perception is starting to get a little overvalued. Uh, Might happen this week. So like I'm saying it's fine this week. They'll probably yeah. have another explosive week. But next week at the 49ers. Yeah, um, that's a ooh, Mike McDaniel rematch. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, they're at the 49ers, then they're at the Chargers, then they're at the Bills. So there might be some times to fade the Dolphins in the future. I would I would say this though. I mean, yes, obviously looking for for, for cracks and chinks in the armor, but I kind of have a gut feel that the Dolphins are for real, and they're only going to get better, and they're going to start they're going to start make a habit of of th- like throttling teams. Like just when we started to question, like, okay, the Dolphins look good, and they're putting up great numbers against bad defenses, but they're not really blowing anyone out. I feel like it, it would well, have to fix come... their defense is their problem. Yeah, but that's, I, I mean, I like healthier. what I'm seeing, but I'm well, seeing, I mean, get healthier. they got to sit yeah. down the defensive back. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, Chubb is helping with the pressure. They're getting, they're getting a little more pressure. They're covering a little better. I mean, at one point, you know, nobody was healthy. They couldn't, even the players that usually were good at covering only a uh, Kohu was really the only guy who could cover anyone. Uh, but I just, another team kind of feels like the Titans just, they could they really be dangerous if they just get a, a couple things together on their defense. And I, I feel like they're getting better. So we might we might not get that opportunity. 
you know, now they have their bye. They're very well coached too. You know, like this, this team is extremely well coached. So, uh, yeah, it, we, it, it's one of those teams. That I don't know if we get that opportunity to really truly. Bill spot. I will be on the bills against the dolphins. The bills have that spot circled. <laughs> I'll gain them about 300. We're getting cramps and that's going to be in the cold for Miami in like middle December. Um, for the, uh, I'll, the Bills is the juiciest one to me, but we have that's either here or there. Uh, last game, last uh, two more, two more. We got uh, the Chargers going on the road, so we got a quick home game here, and the Chargers are favored by four. The cards are coming back from Mexico City. Seems like you know, like you, on one hand, you got the Cardinals who just struggle inexplicably, struggle at home. Well, second half of the year, they always yeah, struggle now. Yeah, they yeah. struggle at home. Chargers, you don't trust them with margin. Exactly. But uh, this is pure stay away. Now that's over three. Yep. And fi- the last one is the New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers, minus nine and a half, the total 43. So this is another one where you got a big spread, you got a lower total, but Niners seem like they're like you it used to be you could just kind of bank on fade in the niners as a yeah, favorite pure niners fade spot in the past yeah but now like they've actually been covering I've, I've done a good job of kind of like not betting against them it kind of feels the same way you know okay the niners could be a little bit of a uh you know sleepy spot coming back from from mexico city just got a big win now they face the saints team that can kind of hang around with teams but i I don't know. This offense is just clicking, and this, the defense is talented enough that yeah, this could get. I think this could get away from New Orleans. What do you think? Yeah, I gotta see. I mean, it's too early for the injury report. I mean, New Orleans might not be down like a now a bunch of defensive linemen, yep. and they're, they're they're it's bad, and they're not getting any pressure, and that's where that's how you have to get the Jimmy G, and they have so many weapons now. So it's a, it's a great spot situationally, historically, to, for the New Orleans, but I don't I don't think I want to get there, and I, I probably won't lay it just because I can't get there number wise, but. Yeah, this looks like a pure stay away for me. But I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC if they get health. If they're 100% healthy, they're the most dangerous team. Oh, yeah, especially with this McCaffrey off. I mean, it's crazy, too, because yeah. they got McCaffrey. They don't even give him the most carries. Everything's clicking, and, and you got your better quarterback. Now, you almost, it was almost a blessing in disguise, I think, for Lance to go down because especially with all these pieces around him, I think Jimmy G is the man for the job. Like, I, I think Lance, higher upside, but – if you want to win the Super Bowl this year, just throw Jimmy G in there with, with this kind of supporting cast. So, yep. Uh, that is going to do it for the Week 12 Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. If you want more betting content, head over to actionnetwork.com or follow Stucky and I in the Action Network app. Stucky is at Stucky2, and I'm at Chris Raybon, R A Y B O N. You can also track your bets as well as follow ours on the app. And uh, be sure to check out all of our other pods on the channel and have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Be safe out there. And uh, we are thankful once again for everyone out there listening. Glad that you take time out to uh, kick it with us. Best of wishes to you and yours on this holiday. And... uh, Let's get this money. Let's give this money as well. Uh, let's, be, uh, let's be thankful. Let's be grateful. All that good stuff. Uh, and we'll catch you next week. Let's go, man. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>